Hi, welcome to Love Faith Talkers. We are here to talk about the topics that matter to real life Christians just like you. Topics like anxiety, fitness, loneliness in church, Christians in the workplace, depression, and even food. We interview psychologists, preachers, businessmen, and businesswomen, and people just like you. We're here to help you find the hope, inspiration, and courage you need to live your life the way God intends. As an empowered, thriving Christian. Hi, everybody. We are back. Sorry we were out last week, but one of life's certainties was due last Tuesday, and like a good procrastinator... I put it off until the last possible second. And if at all you're wondering what in the world I'm talking about, remember that there are two things which are certain in life, which are death and... Life. Taxes. <laughs> well. Life is not I certain didn't... in life. You already have life. Oh, I was just thinking death and life together. <laughs> I clearly have not heard that expression. Death and taxes. I'm very disappointed in, in, in my in-laws <laughs> that, that you don't know this phrase. Anyway, uh, that and a lot of craziness was happening last week. So anyway, we returned, and as previously mentioned, we started a Bible study. Uh, and thank you for those of you who are praying with us. Uh, Nikki, though, when we talked about that, had a really great idea. Uh, we have started a series about anxiety in the Bible, and she thought, oh, well, babe, you tell them your idea. It's your idea. Since we've had so many requests to do more devotional type um, episodes... And since several of you have requested more information about anxiety from a biblical view, and also since we are doing a Bible study on anxiety, I thought it might be a good idea to take what we are learning in our Bible study and then share it here with our listeners. I think it's a great idea. So yeah, we'll have a, we're going to have a little mini series arc on anxiety. And I don't know how long we're going to go on this because this could go quite a while in our Bible study. But uh, again, thank you for those of you who are praying. Uh, because we have one person who has been very, very faithful, and it's been really neat to see. I didn't even get a chance to tell you. Uh, you're getting this update on the air. Uh, we had a conversation the other day about uh, godly entertainment that you can use to help introduce people, and I brought up the Chronicles of Narnia to him, hmm. and he actually showed me that his wife, who is not saved, is reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, that's my favorite one. It's the classic. It's really awesome. So that's cool. Anyway, so <laughs> anxiety, the complete opposite of that. Uh, so we, we want to start off with uh, probably what is, in my mind, one of the most common verses that is quoted in reference to anxiety. Would you say it's probably pretty common? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's First John 4, 18, which says this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So that's the classic verse. It gets quoted a lot. And uh, I will say this. Before we break this down, we want to remind you that when we tell you the meaning of a word, which we are going to get into that soon, it comes from Strong's Bible Dictionaries. Now, there's a lot of dictionaries we use, but that's the most common one that, that Nikki and I tend to draw from. So if you're ever wondering, well, you always say these words mean these things. And how do you know? Well, that's where we found it from was Strong's Dictionary. And if it comes from something different, I do happen to have uh, the exhaustive Greek lexicon, which was the most wonderful thing when I was taking Greek in college. I'll let you know if we switch to that. I was going to say, or sometimes you just know, but you know because you've 
done research on it. Right. It was studied somewhere. But you usually pull it up pretty quickly. Well, thank the Lord. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to start off with talking about how this verse is commonly misinterpreted. Go ahead and kick us off, babe. Um, Okay. So one of the ways it's commonly misinterpreted is uh, when people say, since God is love... In verse 8, that you can't be in God and have or experience fear or anxiety. I, I don't even... Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Basically, the two cannot yeah, coexist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to let myself get ahead. Second misinterpretation. Being perfectly in God cast out all fear and anxiety. So therefore, if you fear or have anxiety, then you just aren't perfectly in God. You lack faith, you sinner. Yeah, I kind of threw that in at the end, but that's kind of the tone, I would say. What else? Anxiety and fear are the cause of your torment. You are tormented because of your lack of faith. Oh, deep breath. And (laughs) the last one. Therefore, if you fear, it is because you aren't really trusting perfectly in God. Which, of course, again, goes back to you being a sinner because, you know, that which is not of faith is of sin. So... Those are the most common misinterpretations. I don't know. Any other comments on that you can think of before we move on? I think those are the main ones that I've heard. Okay. All right. So the second thing we want to do, and that was really, really quick. I promise you we will not be done in 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) The second of the major uh, topics we want to hit is how do we know this interpretation is wrong? So uh, once again, babe, please kick us off. Often only a very small portion of the verse is actually cited. And the part that is usually cited is perfect love casteth out fear. Yeah. They don't even usually say there is no fear in love or any of that. Or they just, or it's just perfect love casteth out fear. That is literally the phrase I remember hearing the most, I think, regarding that. Right. And the reason that we're telling you all that that's part of how we know that this is a misinterpretation is because it's lacking context. You can't just pull something out of context and be like, oh, well, that proves something. You know, I'd say the probably the most commonly used illustration of taking verses out of context is to say um, Judas went out and hanged himself. Uh, Go and do thou likewise. Whatsoever thou doest, do quickly. You know, hang yourself. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah, that's the three contextual, like people always say you could say those three things and it sounds like you're supposed to go kill yourself quickly, Yeah, which what? is ridiculous because they're from completely different passages of scripture. Context matters. Mm-hmm. So the fact that frequently we just had this small little thing yanked out is a big problem. Uh, and, and here's another way we know that this interpretation is wrong. So I mentioned a little while back that I began looking at a translation called the Modern English Version, which is an actual honest to goodness received text translation. This is not a critical text t- translation. It does not come from the same textual line that gave us the NIV or the ESV or any of those other things. It's literally from the same textual basis from which we get the King James Version. So when I was reading that, that really clued me in into the deeper, looking deeper into this. This is this is what it says in the MEV. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears is not perfect in love. So the word torment in the KJV and the word punishment in the MEV are both the same Greek word. And that is the word uh, colossus or colossus. And no, it's not spelled quite the same as like the great colossus of Rose or the new colossus or whatever. Um, That means 
penal infliction, punishment, or torment. So that, that first penal infliction is really important because if you think about this, we understand that there are penalties. That's where the word penal comes from. There are penal colonies, like Australia was a penal colony. You're thinking of a penitentiary. That's where the word penal comes from. It's literally talking about a punishment that you receive as a result of something that you do. So fear has to do with a punishment that is received as a result of something you do. So that needs to clue you in, and we'll get into what the verse actually means later. But that was a big clue we had that this doesn't mean what we thought it was. What else we got? Well, I think you already mentioned this because you got ahead of yourself. I'm sorry. But I'll mention it again because it is important. Well, you're better at it anyway. Okay, thank you. I'll just go ahead and say it. Then. <laughs> the number one rule of Bible study is... Context. 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 Um, so if we go back and include verse 17 with verse 18, I'm going to read it. Uh, verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Right. Thoughts? Well, we're going to get into this here in a minute, but I don't want to tip <laughs> our picks yet. But seriously, just think about what you just heard. When you include verse 17 with verse 18, that should really make you go, huh. Yeah, that kind of changes the way we look at verse 18, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Kind of has to. So The whole picture, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts? All right, section three. Maybe we will be done in 20 minutes. Okay, <laughs> straight to the point. Let's not hold our breath. All right, All right so... <laughs> Y'all keep talking. No, I know. It's I have preacheritis. It's 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 a it's a sickness. All right. So what does the verse actually mean in light of this context? Let's get into this. How what does the verse really mean? If it doesn't mean those other things about how you can't be a Christian and have fear, how they're incompatible, or that you're not trusting God fully and you're just a sinner because you're having anxiety, what does it really mean if it doesn't mean those things, babe? So something that we talked about um when we were kind of analyzing it, um, is that since verse 8 tells us that God is love, it really can change the way that we look at it and interpret it because we can replace uh, the word love with God, right? Because uh-huh. God is love. So the verse would then read, there is no fear in God, but perfect God casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in God. And I remember when we were in the car and we were talking about this, I was like, oh, that's like, that's crazy. Yeah, I had never looked at it that way before. Mind blown. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get ahead. I'll let you. <laughs> wow, you're being <laughs> so well behaved and I'm feeling horrible because I've already gone ahead at least mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. But no, I agree because it was really profound. When you said that, I was like, oh, wow, you're right. That's what verse 8 says. It says God is love. So it's... Yeah, it makes sense. Um, now, here's another thing. We we also know that the word perfect is the Greek word for teleos, which means complete. So, again, letting the Bible define itself, now the verse would read like this. There is no fear in God, but complete God casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. 
he that feareth is not made complete in God. Which was your point? Would you care to elaborate some more on that? It was. I was just like, I don't know. My whole mind was blown during that. <laughs> we you blew your Remember, own mind. I was, well, the Holy Spirit did because he's like revealing this stuff. He mic dropped you. I mean, I didn't do it. But yeah, it's interesting because, um, gosh, now you distracted me because I'm thinking about a mic, like the Holy Spirit mic jar. <laughs> King Bob! <laughs> Um, wait, so reread what you said about there is no fear in God. So the verse, there is no fear in God, but complete God casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made complete in God. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what was I saying about this? I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I... <laughs> you like it, no. I think you kind of said what I was saying, actually. Well, I'm just, um, yeah. Oh, you got it. But none of us are going to be totally complete or perfect until we get to heaven was kind of my main point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, what does that mean about fear? So that means that as humans, we likely will always have that to some extent because we're never going to be complete or perfect until we're in heaven. Yeah. It's a process. We like it. Yeah. No, no, after you. (laughs) No? No, go ahead. Go All right. Ahead. Wow, there's so much deference here. I'm allowing you. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to take this. Well, we believe in progressive sanctification. We do not believe that, you know, the moment you're saved, you're as perfect as you're going to get. We believe that the Bible teaches us we have to deepen our relationship with God, get closer to God, so that more of God gets into us so that we can become more, we, we can follow the command, be holy as I am holy. And that means that the more and more we abide in Christ, the more and more we look like him. But we will never be completed until we actually make it to heaven. And actually, technically, we won't be truly completed until the resurrection when our spirit is reunited with an incorruptible body. Mm-hmm. Then we'll be truly, truly complete at that point. But until we get to heaven, we've still got the old nature to contend with and the things of it. So it's unreasonable for us to expect that we're just going to be exactly at the finish line the, the you know the entire time and again the whole context thing. Yeah. On that. So now again with the context again remember verse 17. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to read this to y'all again. Verse 17 with verse 18 and I'm going to kind of lay this out for you. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. I'm going to read that line again. Herein is our love made perfect, or herein is our God made complete, that we may have boldness when? In the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because... Fear hath torment, or as the MEV said, fear has to do with punishment. What punishment? Not fear. The day of judgment. (laughs) Yeah. It makes it sound like fear itself is the punishment. Yeah. And that's not true. In the context of verse 17, it's talking about having fear of the day of judgment. And the Bible is telling us we don't have to, to do that. This verse literally has nothing to do with anxiety at all is not connected. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and or even, even just fear in general. Right. It's literally talking about a specific event. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because it's it's a, it's a really specific thing that that will happen. And um, by the way, it was really interesting because we had homework, and yes, I do do my own homework. Um, from our, what? Are you laughing at my doo-doo comment? Mm. Don't be like Chandler. Mm. Uh, Don't say it. I said it though. Doo-doo. I, I do my own homework that doo-doo I assigned doo-doo. other people to. And our assignment last week was to find seven verses in the Bible that talked about fear or anxiety and about how, um, just about what you learned about the topic from the Bible. And it was really, really interesting because in the New Testament, with the one exception of Paul talking about it in uh, Philippians 4, every single other reference to anxiety are all mentioned by Luke, Mm -hmm. who was a doctor. Isn't that interesting? The The historian didn't talk about the anxiety. Uh, the one who, who was trying to be the coy writer and pretend that no one knows that the disciple Jesus loved was John. He didn't mention anxiety. Uh, the eight attention deficit, hyper disorder. Mark didn't mention anxiety. No, the doctor did six times and no one else did. It's almost like God was trying to tell us something about anxiety that it is often medically related interesting concept to think about anyway i drone on i was gonna say so much for staying on rabbit trail i mean that was related okay all we have to do is make it like two more minutes and we'll beat 20 (laughs) wow that's what you're trying to do (laughs) no not really i just got it i just i just got my preacher i just had a fit that's all i don't even know where we're at because (laughs) i don't see anything about luke all right, so all that to say that this verse literally has nothing to do with anxiety. It, it's about a specific event, so that's where we're at. All right, and then I think we kind of already mentioned this, but I can um, chat about it again, right? Yeah, I think we went over this already. Well, you can repeat it though; it's good um, stuff. But because God is the only perfect love there is, and when He has perfected us or completed us in Him, which is His job, not ours. We can then have boldness knowing that we do not have to fear the judgment of hell. And I think you did mention it, but. A little bit in passing. I but, don't mind repeating. But that that's the whole point, you know, that this is literally telling us that we don't have to fear the judgment of hell as a Christian. I know what some of you are thinking right now, but aren't Christians judged too? Yes. But the word for judgment in verse 17 means accusation condemnation and damnation and we know that the bible says there is no condemnation to believers uh we won't be damned and the accuser of the brethren will be cast out for those of you who don't know if you're newer to the bible or are confused there are two judgments uh there's the great white throne judgment and there is the judgment seat of christ and the great white throne judgment is the judgment that everyone goes to who is going to the lake of fire the judgment seat of Christ is where everyone goes who is going to heaven. One is literally proving that your works weren't good enough to get you to heaven. And the other one is basically doling out your reward. I don't have to worry about seeing the great white throne judgment. I'm not going to that one. I'm not being damned. 
the accuser will be cast out. There's no condemnation to me. Completely different judgment. Right. So then this verse is literally about the comfort of salvation, sparing us from the wrath of God in that day of judgment, not about general anxiety or fear. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So what's the conclusion of all this? You made it to 20. I know we did. Woo-hoo. It's okay to have shorter. Yes, it is. Totally okay. I know. I know. Deep breath. Take a deep, deep breath. breath over there. Um, oh, so conclusion. In conclusion. That was kind of weird. <laughs> conclusion. Just because we hear something said, even repeatedly, or from preachers, does not make it right. Yeah. I feel like I should say that again. Please do. Just because we hear something said, even repeatedly, or from preachers, does not make it right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. And if you all need any more historical (laughs) thing, just there's a reason the Protestant Reformation happened. I'm just saying. Just saying. Second conclusion is that we cannot interpret a verse properly without the proper context because it completely changes the meaning. Got to think about that. Hmm. And I mean, it's something too that... It's sometimes easy to forget because you think you're being contextual. Or, actually, this occurs to me, you assume someone else has been contextual. That's the I think that's the issue that I, as a preacher, try to, to keep this in mind. People assume I did my homework. I do. And while I usually do my homework, not everyone does it. Or they do their homework differently. You know, it's important to remember that people's interpretations of the Bible are going to be based on the hermeneutics they were taught, which is how to study the Bible. And they're going to be influenced by where they receive that training from, you know? So if they went to a specific Bible college, there's probably, there's going to be hermeneutic influence from that Bible college. If they didn't go to any Bible college, they're going to be, you know, based off of whatever training they were able to find, whether it was from their pastor or an online course or something. We cannot just assume that preachers have always done their homework. And and here's a, here's a thought for you. Do you 100% of the time trust every single word that comes out of your doctor's mouth? I don't. Is that rhetorical? No. I thought you were asking me. I was going to say, you know what I think. About yeah, that. no, you don't. <laughs> and by the way, we're not the kind of people that think all doctors are part of a massive big pharma conspiracy theory either. That's not us. But... We know over time that we've had doctors tell us things quite authoritatively. We actually had a doctor who was literally one of the editors, one of the chief editors of a medical journal, completely mess up a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Actually, two. We had that happen twice. So the point is that we assume that a preacher is a professional who has done his homework. And maybe he did do homework, but maybe the homework wasn't thorough enough. Again, in mentioning the Protestant Reformation, we're reminded, and this is a Baptist hallmark, that, hey, you got to do your own homework. Yep, I agree. Okay, another conclusion is if we fear the damnation of hell, we can go to our perfect love, who is God, because once again, God is love, for deliverance. If we are not saved, meaning being born again, 
we can be saved. If we are saved, the Spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit that we are his children and have no need to fear the white throne judgment, hell, or the lake of fire. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty yep. straightforward right there. Yep. And in that light, since this verse is about comfort from hell, Christians who are experiencing fear, quote unquote, regarding hell, aren't actually experiencing fear. They are experiencing anxiety because they aren't going to hell. It's not an actual danger to them. You know, fear is about actual dangers. Right. And it's important to remember that even though we don't need to fear those things, we may still have anxiety about them because, uh, once again, we aren't going to be totally complete in God until we make it to heaven. Uh Or you clarified that, actually, and said the resurrection. This is a conclusion. But yeah, no, I'm saying. Oh, yes, you're correct. You're correct. Just to clarify that. So until then, since we are just humans, we shouldn't be surprised when we do have some anxiety about hell, death, judgment, or really anything at all. It's pretty normal. Mm -hmm. And then one last thing as we wrap this up, just a reminder that fear and anxiety are not actually the same thing. Fear is about a clear and present danger, while anxiety is about potential danger. Uh Mm-hmm. It's true. It's not, it's not present. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there anything else we're missing or that we should say about this passage? I don't think so. No. I guess the only thing that I just want to toss in there really quickly as a caveat is be merciful to people who are interpreting it different ways, even if they're not merciful to you. You know, they might be very dogmatically said that, no, this is what it means. You know what it means. You've seen the scriptures. They're operating off of a different set of assumptions. Remember that you only know what you know and you don't know what you don't know until you know that you don't know it. Just be merciful to them. And yes, this is the verse topic we were saying several weeks ago that we needed to put off doing because we wanted to make sure this got handled right. So I just want to let you know this is the delivery of that uh, that promise. And we are going to do our best to be back on time next week uh, on Tuesday since there are no taxes due. Probably a good sign that that won't be an issue we got a whole nother year before we have to worry about that again. Hmm. But uh, again, just want to let you know that if you have any questions, you're always free to reach out to us at lovefaithtacos at gmail.com. That's lovefaithtacos at gmail.com. And we will see you all here next week. Thank you for joining us on Love Faith Tacos. We hope this has been a blessing to you. If it was, we ask that you do three things. Number one, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Number two, please leave us a five-star rating and write a review if you can. And number three, please tell a friend because hope is just too important not to share.